you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. What now? What now? I mean, we're in the fight for our nation. You know that's true. We are in the fight for our nation, and we know what the fight actually is because we've talked about it. We've talked about it in the spirit. We've talked about engaging and taking down the principalities and silencing the powers of the air who are whispering into our leaders' ears and making all kinds of crazy things happen. We fight in the spirit. And we're in the fight for our nation. There are very real stakes. Very real stakes. And perhaps most notably in the unity or disunity of the American people. Whatever's going on up there, right, in politic land, our job is to strain our guts out for unity. Endeavor to keep the unity or get it back if you forfeited it. Amen. Amen. Through the bond of peace. That's what we need. And I'm going to talk to you about that today, but we need to hold up our Bibles as we do every week and make this confession as we posture ourselves so we can hear from the Lord. We want to hear from the Lord today. So you got your Bible? You hold it up? This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. And I hope that every time you say that, you believe it, and that you're ready for your lives to be changed by the word of God. When he speaks his clear, perfect, truthful instruction, our job is to receive it with gladness and obey I said, and obey. Get about doing it. I don't know how often you've been praying for our nation since we had that message. Anyone? Anyone been praying for the health and the unity of our nation? I know I have been. Boy, it feels like every every other five minutes we get prompted to such prayer, right? We see something else going on. It's like, oh Lord, I got to come seek you again. I got to pray again because we need if we ever need it, the Lord before we sure do need him now. Right. You know, that's right. Will's going I'll take six on me. I love that. We sure do need him now. Amen. We do need the Lord. And I'm telling you what a moment to realize and recognize that. Of course, this is the the time where. We have the media announcing a president-elect in the United States. And then near immediately, (laughs) concurrently, whatever, we have litigation following in terms of this vote count and potential fraud and perhaps wide-scale fraud that that might even turn the tide or, or shift what has been called by the media. I heard him called the legacy media recently. Because, you know, a lot of people have turned away from that style of uh, news gathering for something that they can rely on. And I don't know, I don't follow the news, so I don't know how much of that is accurate or not. But 
uh, legacy media. So whoever you voted for or whether you voted at all, whether you had any confidence in the electoral process going into this thing or coming out of this thing, any remains, we are in a predicament here in our country, right? We're, we're in a mess. And everyone would agree that we're in a mess. No matter what you want, we're in a mess. And we can see, the, it's like the cracks. Is it, is it even appropriate to say the cracks are starting to show? I, th- I think the cracks are definitely showing. I'm not sure about starting. <laughs> we may have seen them for a while. But the question is, what are we as Christians, as Jesus followers, as God people supposed to do? What are we going to do now? We're going to look in the Bible. Open your Bibles to two places, would you please? Open to Isaiah 55. Isaiah 55 and Daniel chapter 2. Isaiah 55 and Daniel 2. Of course, this message is called what now? In the series, The Fight for Our Nation. And if you can find your way to Isaiah 55, look at verse 8 and 9. And by the way, if you're looking for a lot of political rhetoric from me, you're, not, you're going to be disappointed because I'm not going to do it. All right? I've, all, I've, I've actually wondered over these past several months if people know where I actually stand on politics because I'm so, like, veiled about it, you know? Because I want to keep the focus on Jesus. I want to keep the focus on what he's told us to do. And, of course, we participate in our civic duties and all the rest. But we are first Christians. And then sometime after that, we're Americans. Amen? We're first Christians. I talked about American stins a long time ago. Remember that? Thank you, Laura. Laura remembers that. American stins. And the best thing that we can do is be about our father's business. Man, Jesus knew that at 12. <laughs> Here we go. Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9. God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. Nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, in that same way, so are my ways higher than your ways. You got some ways, the Lord is saying, but my ways are way elevated. They're way above your ways. They're way better than your ways, God says. And not only that, but my thoughts are higher than your thoughts too. So God's saying, whatever you do, Whatever you think you know, I do better and I know better. And I want to bring you along to better. He has a plan for us. He has, he has good plans for us that were made before the foundations of the earth, before time. Certainly before you were knit together in your mother's wombs. He's got good things that we should walk in them. He's got them for us. But we cannot assume that we have all the answers and think that we know everything that's going on. We can't know all of God's thinking. That's why in OSL we talk about, well, what did he say? I don't know all he knows, but I can know what he said. And if I know what he said, the Bible says he's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. So we're pretty good with just what he said. I don't need to know everything God knows, but Lord, tell me what to do. Tell me what to do. You have higher ways. You have higher thoughts. Give them to me. Let me embrace your way of thinking, your way of operation. Amen. So, all the specificity, all the things that, that we want to know in advance. Don't we want to know? 
God's like, listen, I'll tell you what, you take this one step in obedience, and then we'll talk about the next step, right? And then we'll get you down the road as long as you keep following me step by step. Because I'll tell you what, it feels like, anyone play that game Pitfall back in the 80s? And you're swinging on these vines over crocodiles and things, and you're running over scorpions and whatnot. It's like the Lord's like, okay, you, you, don't, you can't even see all the peril that's around you. Jane and I are talking about peril. You know how in the movies it says, you know, mild peril or whatever. We, we like that word peril. It's just perilous times. And so it's like the Lord is holding you by the hand. He's like, all right, now this, this step right here. And it's like, all right. Then like 20 degrees to the right. Okay. You know, because it is so precise. But we can't know all that God knows. So we need to seek Him. The more I seek you, the more I find you. And the more I find you and the more that I'm led by you in obedience down the road, the more I love you for keeping me safe. Amen? Amen. The more you prove your love to me that you're never going to leave me or forsake me. You're not going to let go of my hand. You're not going to let me fall into a ditch. You're not going to let me jump into a ditch. I mean, He'll let you, but I mean, if we're... Let me, let me explain this. Of course, he'll let you do whatever you're going to do, right? Amen. And it's good. However, it can be costly if we're not holding on to his hand. When we hold on to his hand and say, I'm following you, Jesus, in obedience, that means you get to be the, I don't know, Lord of my life. The master, the owner, the what else? Controller, decision maker. It looks like we have some OSL graduates in the house. Amen. And if you're wondering what we're talking about, then you come around and we'll teach you in OSL. Because you know what we do around here? We build solid lives. We build solid lives. More on that later. All right. So as we allow God to lead us day by day, we are only better for it. See, because a lot of us want to jump into the ditch on either side of the road, right? That's why we try to keep it right in the straight and narrow, right in the center with the Lord, right? Not a lot of amen on that, but right in the center. Don't get distracted. Stay with me. In Isaiah 46, verses 9 and 10, God says, Remember the former things of old. Remember, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. You can't even find a substitute. Declaring the end from the beginning... And from ancient times, things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. God will accomplish what He pleases, and prosper in the things for which He sends His word. That The word is going out to all of us today. He's going to accomplish it as we allow Him to accomplish it. The only thing standing in the way is us. Because God is convinced God's like, you do what I say, we'll get down the road. Safely. So how are we doing, if we're building all these solid lives, how are we doing becoming stable in these unsolid, unstable times? How are we doing? I want to tell you that at any time, every time, God is on the throne. And He will lead His people. I want to show you from Scripture how He works. In certain times and in uncertain times. Daniel 2, starting in verse 20. Do you have Daniel 2? Did you go there? Daniel 2. Daniel answered and said, Blessed be the name of God forever and ever. Let me just take a, a, a rabbit trail here quickly. 
Jen and I were seeking the Lord. We went away from the kids. <laughs> Sorry, kids. We really had to think, though. You know, like we had to process and hear from the Lord. We went away and we prayed and we read and we prayed and we read. And the, I, one of the scriptures that came, I think it was in Ezekiel, God was saying at one point, look, I don't care if it's Job and Noah and Daniel. Like, those three might just barely scrape by. Everyone else is gone. Like, there's judgment happening, right? And so when we look at Daniel, we got to know that, that the Lord is like, no, Daniel had it. Daniel had it. And Noah had it. They, they had this certain something in terms of following my voice, following my direction, not giving up on me. Amen. Blessed be the name of God forever and ever, for wisdom and might are His. And He changes the times and the seasons. He removes kings and raises up kings. He removes kings and raises up kings. You know, God has the ability to change some things. He changes times and seasons. He changes governing authorities. He changes all kinds of things. He's got the ability to do it. We have to know that we know that God is able. It's, this is not some fantasy land that we're living in. Just because we don't see Him like we see one another doesn't mean that He's not active. But those who come to God must believe that what? He is. And that He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek Him. So when I ask you if you've been praying for the unity of our nation in obedience to the messages that have been coming, should have seen every hand. Every hand. Yeah, we got to pray for the unity of our nation. Why? Because that's what the Lord is saying. Pray for the unity of your nation. He removes kings and raises up kings. Let me just move on. We need to continue praying in this time. All these allegations of voter fraud, to such an extent that it might even change the outcome of the, the, or the reported outcome of the election, let's say. If that's true, we need to pray to God, who knows all the activities going on in the dark. Darkness covering the earth, deep darkness covering the people, right? It's not a surprise to us. We need to pray that He reveals truth and accuracy in the vote count. Not so that your guy gets in, but that the American people can be united and trust in the system that we have so that we can all play by the rules going forward. Right? The stoplight only works when everybody stops at it. Amen? We have got to get together on this thing. See, we don't know for sure everything that is happening it's above our pay grade, but God knows everything that is happening. In terms of giving, you know, it's when God is needing to get you a blessing or something, He knows where the, the hidden riches of darkness are, the, the treasures hidden in the secret places, and He unlocks those and gives them to His people. He knows everything done in darkness, everything done in light. And we need to know that our prayers are effective, that when we call on Him, He will answer us. We'll find Him when we seek Him with our whole hearts. The, the effectual fervent prayer of the righteous avail much. It didn't say the casual happenstance, well, Lord, if you want to, if you feel like it, you, you know better, just do what you want. Amen. Not those prayers. 
We need to get invested in this thing. Fervent, hot. I don't just say that because I'm roasting under the sun over here. The fervent means hot. (laughs) We need to get into unity in our nation. There are little things here or there. God helps us to shape up those things. And if there are large-scale things that go against the truth, we want to see those things exposed and addressed for the sake of our nation and our unity. Our confidence in our electoral process. And let's pray that it gets done quickly. Amen? Quickly. Let's not let this thing draw out forever. We need, we need to know. We've got to have some answers quickly so that we don't live in yet another realm of limbo. I mean, COVID has been like limbo. Are we open? Are we closed? Can we go outside? Can I talk to people? Do I have to wear a mask? You know, I mean, am I ever going to see my friends again? Am I ever going to see my family again? I, depending on your level of operation. What's going on? We live in limbo. And it's uncomfortable, isn't it? Does anyone love COVID lockdown t- that we've been like, like living in? Anyone? No? Nobody. I see no hands. No hands. No. We're living in these lockdowns and with all this fear running around. And even if you're not living in fear, people around you are living in fear. So then it's like, I find myself putting on a mask a little more often than I would otherwise. You know what I'm saying? Because I want to be so sensitive and so compassionate. I'm like, oh, oh let, let me, hold on, let me get my mask. Baby, where's my mask? You know, Jen's always helping me with my mask. We, there's been financial consequences from this whole thing. Amen. Not amen. I mean, it's true, but not amen. <laughs> I'm just messing with you. You know, that's true. People have lost jobs. People have lost businesses. There have been real financial ramifications of this whole thing. And don't get me started on that six-week thing. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> don't get me started. We don't need one more case of living in limbo, not knowing how we're proceeding into 2021 with our national leaders, or not. Uh, who knows at this point. It's disconcerting. It's disconcerting, especially with all this conflict. We need to pray, Lord, arrest this situation. We need to bind some things in the Spirit, don't we? And we need to loose some other positive, truthful things in the Spirit so that it comes out in the natural. Lord, just... This is a pretty good process that we got if we use it right. What, what do the, the multi-level marketers say? It, the, the system will work if you work the system. Or whatever, right? That's what God's plan is. It'll work if you work it. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. We're back in Daniel. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to those who have understanding. He reveals deep and secret things. Things that you couldn't know. I know we all like to you know, go around with our favorite you know, pundits or whatever and be like, yeah, well, I, I know this. Maybe you do, maybe you don't. God knows even the secret things. And he reveals them. He knows what is in the darkness And light dwells with God. In Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7 in the Living Bible, you know how to turn there. It says, For promotion and power come from nowhere on earth, but only from God. He promotes one and deposes another. Allie, I hope we do that podcast. I hope that we circle back around and (laughs) when we can, we don't even know what's going on, but when we can, whoever's in there, God said, that's the guy. 
That's the guy for this next four years or whatever, right? And we have to deal with it (laughs) because God puts one up and puts down another one. Isn't that true? That's what the Bible says. You're like, how am I? Really? Yes, really. The Bible tells me so. Along with many Christians, we've been praying for God's will. I'm sure we all have been praying for God's will. Now, some of us bring something to that and say, I think it's like this. I think it's like that. We may not all have the the same I think it's like, but we're all praying for God's will. Amen. 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 So is it God's will that Joe Biden be our next president? Is Is it God's will that President Trump remains a president? I don't even know yet. I don't even know yet. We'll find out. God's going to have to intervene soon, though, if it's not Joe Biden. So if it is, let it ride. If it's not, God's got some quick work to do. We don't have all, we don't have all the time in the world. We've got to get down the road. The Electoral College timeline at the national level, do you know these things? Uh, November 3rd, we, we used to have these things called elections, and we would know like that day who our president was going to be. Remember that? Back in the good old days. <laughs> That doesn't see, that's not what happened anyway this time. I'm not going to call it forth into the future. May it never happen this way again. But on November 3rd, we should know something. Uh, polls close at different times, and, and so we, of course, stay up late and watch what's going on. You know, and this time for no good reason. December 8th, states are expected to resolve controversies at least six days before the meeting of the electors. And December 14th, the electors meet in respective states to certify their votes for president and vice president. Uh, one, one of my favorite bands, They Might Be Giants, has a song they released called The Electors. It said, they're called the electors because they elect. We're only the voters. They're the electors. And it's those numbers that really count. Anyway, that's a, that's a fun song that Jane and I have been having some fun with. Uh, so let me ask you this. Back on track. Is God against voter fraud? I'm not trying to, fool, I'm not trying to trick you here. Is God against voter fraud? Yes, because it's not true. God said, Jesus said, they shall know the truth, and the truth shall make them free. Especially for all of us who love our freedoms and that kind of thing. Yeah, if we really want freedom, it comes from truth. Knowing the truth. Amen. So, yeah, of course. Of course. But let me, let me read Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 in NIV. It says, there are six things the Lord hates seven that are detestable to him haughty eyes it's that arrogance right you've seen those eyes you know what those eyes look like terrible a lying tongue this this lying tongue could apply right here okay hands that shed innocent blood a heart that devises wicked schemes that could apply right here another thing that god hates feet that are quick to rush into evil a false witness who pours out lies. That could apply right here. These things the Lord hates, not just as mildly annoyed at. Amen? Are you hearing the kind of the guttural level that the Lord is like, I hate this. It's detestable to me. And a person who stirs up conflict in the community. I want to throw this iPad down, walk around in a circle, and make a big old show, right? You know what I'm saying? Stirring up strife in the community, that's the last thing that we need. We need love. So what if there is voter fraud? What if there is? 
Clearly, we do not stand for a fraudulent activity. Hold on, let me try that again. Clearly, we do not stand for fraudulent activity. There you go. Now you're with me. We need to pray that God will expose every single tactic of the enemy to deceive and destroy. Look, what does the enemy come to do? Steal, kill, and destroy. On the contrary, Jesus comes that we may all have life and more abundantly. Amen. John 10. So we need to enter back into life and life more abundantly like Jesus talked about. That's what we need to do. Mark 4, in God's Word edition says, There is nothing hidden that will not be revealed. Someone say amen to that. Amen. There is nothing kept secret that will not come to light. I like the way that's phrased. Not come to light. All this darkness covering everybody and everywhere, light. It's going to come to light. We need to pray that if this election was won by fraud, it's hard to talk to you about this because I, I don't want to offend you. Speak, thank you. If this election was won by fraud, as, as is being reported, okay, God will expose it and overturn it. Amen. Amen. And then we'll know, <laughs> right? It is going to be done. I'm preaching to you that ultimately God's in charge. So whatever happens... He will have known it's coming. And we accept the truth. And I don't, look, don't let me ever hear one of you say, he's not my president. If you live here, he's your president. I don't know his name, but whoever he is, he's your president. Okay? That, but it's, it's easier to say it that way. It's, it's, it's easier to say it when I don't know. <laughs> because then I get to hit everybody. Right? Okay. Ecclesiastes 12, 14 in God's Word edition says, God will certainly judge everything that is done. This includes every secret thing, whether it's good or bad. Certainly judge everything that is done, even in secret, good or bad. Amen. So, whether this is fraud or not, we need to put our hope in the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Kimberly. Thank you. I hear you back there. So let's look at, at some scriptures and what the Lord's been saying to us. For a long time, who knows, even preparation for all this. And maybe all of it even goes together. God's like that. He's like that. Isaiah 60. Can anyone quote it by memory yet? Arise, shine, for your light has come. And the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. <laughs> surprise, surprise. And deep darkness the people. But the Lord will arise over you. You people of God. You followers of Jesus. You obedient to the scriptures. And his glory will be seen upon you. In Psalm 125, in God's word, it says, Those who trust the Lord, <laughs> hold on to that, are like Mount Zion, which can never be shaken. So let's just, let's just condense that. Those who trust the Lord can never be shaken. Amen. I will not be shaken. Remember that song? From the early 2000s, I think. That was a good one. That was a good one. Um, those who trust the Lord can never be shaken. And again, I'm just brought right back. When the winds and the storms come and beat vehemently against the house that's founded on the rock, it cannot what? Shake it. 
for it was founded on the rock. Jesus said, I am the truth. We're founded on the truth. And we cannot be shaken because we trust the Lord. Look what it goes on to say. It says, it remains firm forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people now and forever. As the mountains surround Jerusalem, so the Lord surrounds His people now and forever. So you want my prediction? Anyone want my prediction? Caesar wants it. I'll give it to you. There will be no change in administration in the kingdom of heaven. God is on the throne now and forever, and that will not change no matter what happens. How do you like that for a prediction? I don't give you many predictions because I'm, I'm not that smart. But this is one that I'm confident in. I am certain of. There will be no change in administration in heaven because God is on the throne. He's still running things. He's still running things. Amen. A wicked ruler will not be allowed to govern the land set aside for righteous people, verse 3 says. This is why righteous people do not use their power to do wrong. Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, to those whose motives are decent. But when people become crooked, the Lord will lead them away with troublemakers. Let there be peace in Israel. And of course, we could even say for us, let there be peace in America. You want you want to try that with me? Let's do it. Let there be peace in America. Amen. All right. So now if you're taking notes, what do we do now? I'm going to give you two things to do. Number one, we pray because the Bible instructs us to. So we obediently pray. We pray. First Timothy 2 1 through 7 in the English Standard Version says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. Even the people I don't like, Lord. That's right. Even the people you don't like. Even the people you're frustrated with. Even the people that really rub you the wrong way. Pray for them. Intercede for them. Thank God for them. There's still hope. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Look at verse 2. Pray for kings. This is, this is like our level of authority here. We don't have a king, but we have a president. We have a vice president. We have these governing authorities. We pray for these people. Amen. Amen? No matter if you voted for them or not, or like them or not, we pray for them. Why? Because something they say is going to affect us, right? Number one, if, 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 you, if you're just praying for the what's in it for me, at least that. But I tell you, even beyond that, and when you get like the heart to pray for people, well, God, you want them lock, stock, and barrel. You want them saved. You want them discipled. You want them ministered to. You want them doing good. You want them changed and brought into light. Amen? This is why we pray. Pray for kings and all who are in high positions. Why? That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life. Amen. Peaceful and quiet life. Anyone love those neighbors who just like blast music all the time at like whatever hour of the day or night? Love those people? Yeah, we, we love them. We may not like them. You know, right? Love the sinner and hate the sin. You know? we, what, we, what we like is to be left alone mostly, right? Just like, hey, the babies are trying to sleep. I'd really appreciate it if you didn't blast that death metal right by their window. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if anyone's been there but me. 
But uh, nap time at the little house is serious. You know what I'm saying? We got a lot of people to, to manage attitudes. So, all right. That we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. I felt like we should just spend some time here. Godly and dignified in every way. Dignity is something that has been lost. And I don't know exactly the genesis of this whole thing. But I believe that it has something to do with us just wanting our own way. So dignity goes away because I'm going to get mine's. Whatever it costs. However loud I have to be in this restaurant, I'm going to get mine's. Right? You've seen it. And if you're honest, you can probably say, oh, I've done that once or twice. I (laughs) know. Maybe not you. You're quiet. But I have definitely done it and I'm ashamed of myself. Godly and dignified in every way. Look, God has given us everything that we need for life and godliness. We can live godly lives. Amen? Amen. And we should. Dare I say we must. Godly and dignified in every way. And you know what this means? You know what this is not? It's like what not to wear. It's not those Facebook posts that you're poking people. And you're so clever and witty. And you got this bitey, sarcastic response. And it's like, take that. Ah. Facebook friends. Man. I've lost friends on Facebook. Anyone else? People saying all kinds of stuff, man. No, no, not just like they unfriended me. Like they like cut this thing. Like it's over. You know, I'm like, I cannot handle what you're saying right now. You know, like I thought we were friends. You're going to talk all this trash. Anyway. Don't do it. Peaceful, godly, quiet. Let's do that. The world that's enshrouded in darkness posts like that. Verse 3 says, This is good and it's pleasing in the sight of God our Savior to leave these godly, quiet, peaceable lives, having prayed for those who rule over us so that we can enjoy that. He said, God desires all people to become Democrat. No, wait, no. God desires all people to become Republican. No, hang on. Oh, no, no, no. God desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. Uh, so I got my Bible mixed up for a second. I, I was reading the Patriot Bible, I think. I don't know. You heard about <laughs> Did you hear about these Patriot churches? I'm not going to say anything else. Something happened. All right. But we need to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. That's what God wants for everybody. Even the people you voted against. Amen? Amen. They shall know the truth and the truth shall make them free. Our assignment is not to get everyone to agree with my politics. But to build everybody's life solid on the rock of Jesus. To get everyone saved and discipled thoroughly so that they become praying people and can lead a quiet, godly, peaceable life. We want eternity and salvation for every person. Isn't that true? Every person. Verse 5 says, For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all, which is the testimony given at the proper time. For this I was appointed, a preacher and an apostle 
a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. Now, I'm going to go back and do that again because if you're reading along with me, you notice that I missed some parenthetical addition. Right? Did you see that? Someone say, for this I was appointed. That's right. You have been appointed. You have been given duties, roles, responsibilities, tasks. You've been given truth to obey. For this reason, you've been appointed. In whatever way that you're appointed. He's just telling us about how he's been appointed. He was appointed a preacher and apostle. And then he says, I am telling the truth. And if that wasn't enough, he said, and I'm not lying. You think God's concerned about truth? Yes, so do I. For this I was appointed, a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth. We are the body of Christ, and we have an assignment, and we have to stay on mission and not get distracted by earthly, sensual, carnal, demonic things that steal us away from building solid lives. Who knows how easy it is to get off track, to get distracted, to get even focused on my own pleasures? Well, me. You're not focusing on my pleasures, you know what I'm saying. People would be bringing me chicken enchiladas and Mountain Dew all day if you were. No, I'm playing. Uh, no? Nothing? Crickets? Just the drone? Just the sound of the drone? <laughs> all right. Proverbs 20, 23, and many others, by the way. God says, differing weights are an abomination to the Lord. The Holy Spirit wants us to know this. Differing weights are an abomination to the Lord, and a false scale is not good. There, I'm telling you, justice... Like, we got to know, look, you're not tipping the scales. You're not pressing down on something. It says, differing weights are an abomination. That's some hard language. An abomination to the Lord and a false scale is not good. Can't trust it. Hosea 12, 6 and 7 says, Therefore, return to your God. Observe kindness and justice and wait for your God continually. A merchant in whose hands are false balances, he loves to oppress. So here's what I'm telling you. No matter what's going on in our nation right now, whoever is trying to add weight to the scales on either side, the Lord doesn't like it. He hates it. It's an abomination. And whoever does that will oppress the people they are ruling or governing. That's the Bible. That's the truth. So did you get number one? Are we ready to move on to number two? I know the kids are. Number two, we live a peaceful, quiet, godly, and dignified life. Spent some time there already, right? We live a peaceful, quiet, godly, and dignified life. Look, in the events that things continue as reported by the legacy media, Vice President Biden and Senator Kamala Harris, I hope I said that right, are elected the next administration. How should we respond to this? Because of all the discussion about fraud and such, someone's like, let's treat them every bit as bad as they've treated President Trump all this time. Does that sound like a Christian to you? Does that sound like the way we should behave? Does that sound like godly, quiet, peaceable? No. So we do not go that way. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care if it was that way. Right? We're not going to do it. That is not our way. We're Christians. And that should mean something. And the world should know it. Romans 13, 1 and 2. Let everyone be subject to the governing authorities. Okay. That's a mouthful. For there is no authority that except that which God has established. That's another mouthful. 
you got to drink this in deeply. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Consequently, whoever rebels against the authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. Yikes! So I'm, I don't know, look at the last four years and see how well we've done with President Trump, you know, in terms of like, okay, or whatever. And then like, look, project forward if you can. and like, okay, God's doing something. Shaking us up for sure. Rebelling against what God has instituted. And look what happens. Those who do so will bring judgment on their neighbor. It's not what it says. It says on themselves. I'm trying to build your life solid in this teaching so you don't get yourself in a pickle, in a position to bring judgment on yourself. That's why I'm here at the park talking to you about this. I want you to be solid. Jeremiah 29.7, you thought I was going somewhere else. Jeremiah 29.7 says, Work for the good of the city where I've taken you as captives. You may feel like a prisoner under such and such administration or whatever, Pray, pray, pray for the good of that land because I brought you there and I will bring you through it if you walk it with me. Look, even a pagan, godless king that captured God's people, right? Took them from their land. But even in this, what does God say? Pray. Pray to the Lord for that city. When it prospers, you will also prosper. You, now I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to throw you the bone that you wanted. You remember four verses later, for I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in the future. Right? That Jeremiah 29, 11 that we love so much comes four verses after this thing. It's like, yeah, I know you've been taken away captive. Pray for that city of your captivity. Even though you have a pagan godless king. Pray. Do something about it. Jesus had an opportunity to preach a message, you remember this, against the rulers and the governing authorities in his time, against the law, about taxation, right? Do you remember this? Someone's like, teacher, is, should we pay taxes to Caesar or not? What do you say, Jesus, you know? Tell, tell us, Jesus, trying to trap him, right? And Jesus pulled a Jerry Maguire. He was like, show me the money. Show me the money. And so they brought him the coin, right? He says, tell me whose face is that? Who's on that coin? Caesar, get, if it belongs to him, give it to him. Give Caesar what's his, give, God's, give God what is his. Amen. He wasn't going to get trapped in their politics. He, he was on mission to build soul lives. Amen. Make disciples. Jesus completely bypassed that opportunity to rebel. Rebels. Rebellious. We know how God feels about that too, don't we? So if we're told that we cannot speak and preach the Bible to people, then at that point, there's a different situation going on. That's not this point. Look, we're here. Man, we're in like the Civic Plaza, right? And the Civic Plaza people are happy that we're here. They're posting on Facebook and everything else. Praise God. Went to dinner with the guy. It was great. Love what we're doing out here, preaching the word of God to the community, bringing life and light and hope, bringing goodwill, bringing unity. At the point where someone says in our governmental structure that we cannot speak the Bible, then we're under a different situation. Then we have 
I don't want to get into all of it right now, but you know what I'm saying? There is a time for civil disobedience, and that's the time. But we're not there right now. We're not there. The Christians aren't being singled out. Be like, only Christians wear masks or whatever. Or Christians, you stay at home. Everyone else gets to go to work in church. No, it's, it's not like that. All right? So, we're going to continue operating within guidelines and certain things like that, right? As we see what's going on. Titus 3, 1 through 8 says, remind the people to be subject to rulers and authorities. I'm reminding you right now. In fact, Paul left Titus in Crete to shore up the things that are lacking there. I'm not saying anything is necessarily lacking, but just in case, let let me remind you that same thing. Be subject to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready to do whatever is good, to slander no one, to be peaceable and considerate, and always to be gentle toward everyone. At one time, too, we were foolish and disobedient, deceived and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us. Not because of the righteous things that we had done, but because of His mercy. He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit whom He poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that having been justified by His grace, we might become heirs, having the hope of eternal life. This is a trustworthy saying, and I want you to stress these things, so that those who have trusted in God may be careful to devote themselves to doing what is good. These things are excellent and profitable for everyone. And First Peter 2 says, Submit yourselves for the Lord's sake to every human authority whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors. Oh, getting closer to home now. All right, I heard some talk about the governors who are sent by him to punish those who do wrong and to commend those who do right. For it is God's will that by doing good, not by rioting or busting up stuff or blasting people online, right? But by doing good, you should silence the ignorant talk of foolish people. Now, there are certain things that I might feel more liberty to do even with us at our church. However, my delay has been because there are people who are weaker in the faith. Right? Romans talks about that. And be sensitive to them. Right? Don't just flaunt your freedom and cause your brother to stumble or give the Lord a bad name. Right? And His people a bad name. So I've delayed on some things. I'm so far away from you without a mask, you know, out in the open air because this is reasonable, right? I know that I'm not going to give you anything if I had it. I don't have anything. Praise God. But, you know, you never know. COVID is sneaky, right? Anyway, all I have to say, silencing the ignorant talk of foolish people. Who knows that foolish people talk? A lot, right? In the multitude of words, sin is not lacking, the Bible says. And so people talk, and I don't want them talking bad about you. So I have pulled the reins. Now, a lot of people aren't comfortable with that. A lot of people don't like that. And a lot of people don't understand it. Some people have even gone away from us to just be like, well, I'm just going to go somewhere where they do what I want them to do, or whatever, right? Okay, okay. But we got a mission here. We're going to do that mission of building solid lives, and we're going to do it in an honorable way. Amen.
Amen. It says, live as free people, but do not use your freedom as a cover-up for evil. <laughs> Show, oh, live as God's slaves, it says. Show proper respect for everyone. Love the family of believers. Fear God. Honor the emperor. Man, it's so clear, isn't it? It's so clear. So what happens now? I mean, whatever happens in January, whoever is made official as the president of our nation, we're required, we are required to pray for them, for their salvation, for their discipleship, for them to hear clearly the will of God, for their well-being. You know, I pray that you prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. Pray against every attack or influence of the devil. Don't you want to see every person in heaven? I mean, every, everybody we want to see in heaven, right? Now, I know we're talking pie in the sky because not everyone will choose. The Bible tells us that. But as many as do call on the name of the Lord will be saved. We want to see every, every person there one day. We prefer if all the legislative and executive and judicial branches all got saved and started running on God's plans. But we work with what we got. And we pray in the Spirit that they would be led I'm going to tell you something powerful. The results of this election are not going to change anything of our mission or our activity on the earth. We're still going to pray for people. We're still going to minister to people. We're still going to be discipled ourselves and disciple others. Amen? We're still going to build solid lives. Amen? And it could very well be, I just let me just put this out there, it could very well be that the darker it would get, the more potent opportunity to shine light becomes. Your light is going to look brighter the darker it gets. And not only is it going to look brighter, but you're going to be getting brighter. Amen? Amen. Come on, Dante. Amen. Don't shout me down now while I'm preaching good. <laughs> Daniel 11.32 says, But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. We know our God. And we know what He sent us here to do what he's kept us here to do. I tell you all the time, you should have died when you got saved because then you would have been like the most perfect you'll ever be, right? Then you'd be walking into heaven like strutting, you know? But God didn't choose that. He kept you here, all frail still and everything. He said, I'm going to make you stronger and stronger every day. Follow me, follow me, and bring other people along. You didn't go then so you can grab more people, rescue them out of darkness, build their life solid, and eventually get them to heaven. Amen. So let me ask you this. What if you have spoken words during, I don't know, pick a period of time. What if you have already spoken words that are less than worthy compared to God's assignment, compared to God's instructions? Maybe we've all been a little bit guilty of that. Maybe some of us have been a lot guilty of that. Let's repent right now. Can we do it? Why don't, why don't we stand up just uh, to say we're not, not just sitting back on this thing, but we're going we're gonna to pray and Lord, you are worth my standing up, getting my body engaged in this thing. Remember the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous? Let's do something. Let us pray. Father in heaven, and just use your own words. Lord, those words that I may have spoken out against somebody, that I may have been using slanderous talk, I may have been careless with my posts on Facebook, careless even in my own home with my own family in, in what we would think is private but Lord nothing's private for you 
All the secrets will be exposed. Lord, we humble ourselves under your mighty hand that you would exalt us. We're not going to make you humble us. Lord, we humble ourselves right now. We've heard your word. We know your instructions. Help us to to craft and shape and, and shift our words and our language into speaking life into people, into praying and seeking you, using our authority on this earth in that way, and calling for the, the salvation of people who are living in darkness, calling for their rescue, calling for their benefit and their blessing. Let us be those kind of people. And let us be known for our compassion, our love, our goodwill. Let there be peace on earth and let it begin with me. Lord, you've made it possible. Let me play my part. I repent of anything that I've spoken out or done otherwise that doesn't live up to the dignity of your family, of your instruction to your kids. I repent. And I decide to go the other way. I decide to change. Lord, following our own humbling of ourselves and repenting, we ask for your will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, we know that there is no fraud in heaven. We know that there is no thievery in heaven. We know there is no manipulation in heaven. Lord, let it be done on earth that way. Your kingdom come, your will be done right here. Just like that. Expose the work of the enemy. Expose the deeds done in darkness. Let them come to light, literally and figuratively. Let us see the facts, the real facts. And Lord, let us witness. People are coming to the brightness of our rising and our shining, the glory of the Lord risen upon us, all of it. Let there be a change. Let there be a turnaround in the name of Jesus. Let the truth Set us free. We want to walk in your ways. We want to drink from the cup in your hand. Sit at your feet. Learn from you. Help us, Lord, do it. We are your people and you are our God, just like you've always wanted. Help us to not only live our lives in that way, but build others' lives so solid that they can enjoy a godly, peaceable quiet life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless God. God has a word, doesn't he? Amen.